And welcome back to the Billy Shears Club. On our last episode, we just talked about No Doubt and Tragic Kingdom. And now we're going to talk about a band called OMC and their album, How Bizarre. So, a bit of background for you. OMC started with two brothers named and Pauli Foymana. Uh, they're uh, part of a suburb of Auckland, New Zealand called Otara. It's pretty, pretty, honestly, pretty impoverished area. Uh, they're half Maori, half Polynesian. They, early on, they were down to a little bit of petty crime, but also really liked music and decided to start their own hip-hop group called uh, the Otara's Millionaire Club. You know, sort of, you know, ironic. Hey, this place is really broke. Nobody's a millionaire here. And they did a couple songs together that were pretty fun. Eventually, Philip decided to leave the group and, you know, focus on his own stuff. He would end up founding an out, a label called Urban Pacifica and producing some songs there. And that was pretty important with the New Zealand music. Meanwhile, Paulie would eventually take the group and work with a new producer. See, they had, back when Philip was on there, the two of them had made a song for a movie soundtrack that was put together by Alan Jansen, who would work with The Body Electric. So he, so Polly ended up working with Alan, and they made this album called How Bizarre. It sort of reflected the general sound of New Zealand, or at least the sort of urban soul area of New Zealand at the time, which is sort of like a mix of, you know, traditional Maori and Polynesian music that was having a little bit of an interest revival because of some efforts to maintain Maori culture in the 80s some hip-hop and reggae and R&B and like they would also bring in little bits of you know surf rock and flamenco and all this random stuff and they got a huge hit of Al Bazaar. By all accounts it's still the biggest hit like single song from New Zealand. Take that crowded house lord and Kimbra on half of somebody that I used to know and <laughs> I guess I, I don't know the Lord of the Rings soundtrack technically. After that though they end up suing each other over royalties and stuff. Uh, Polly decided to retire because at this point he had become an Otara millionaire and he just wanted to focus on his family, while Alan Jansen decided to keep producing. Unfortunately, Polly ended up getting this like really rare and devastating disease and went bankrupt from it. He tried to do a reunion with Alan and they recorded a few songs, but sadly he died of respiratory failure before they managed to put out a second album. And that's the brief and sad story of OMC, a group who was mostly remembered for their one song that was really popular in the mid-90s, but much like with the No Doubt, because it wasn't commercially released as a single, it did not chart on the Billboard Hot 100. So, mm-hmm. well, a little tie there. But yeah, what'd you think, Shirley? Yeah, I was good. I was, if you weren't going to mention it, I was totally gonna. I was like, it's pretty much I, the exact same story, the single How Bizarre, as with No Speak, which I thought was really odd. Like, if only Billboard had had different rules at the time, we might have had some different uh, Hot 100 hits, don't you think? Oh, definitely. This was apparently absolutely massive at the time. Like, it's like I mean, I know I've definitely heard that um, a recognizable guitar riff, and apparently how bizarre got some extra popularity this year from TikTok as well. So I know I've heard it from there. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, one of the things that was um, that came up over and over again when I was looking up this album was that at the time it defied musical categorization and critics didn't quite know what to do with it. So, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that um, 
he marketed himself as like a hip hop musician because this isn't like primarily a hip hop album to me. You know, it's he genre blends quite a bit. Um, I, I think no doubt does it better, but you know, there's there's genre blending here going on. There's bass. There's like this bass sort of island tinged acoustic pop sound with uh, kind of a lot of experimental tracks here and there. There's a grunge rock one. There's like sort of a West Coast hip hop groove here and there. And yeah, he he, he plays with different styles to varying effects. Doesn't always work, but sometimes he strikes gold. Yeah, I would I would say it's definitely like the basic element is you know hip hop because like. One of the main elements, it's always sort of, you know, this sort of pop rap drum machine that sounds like something you would hear off of, like, Tag Team or, you know, the other sort of, like, lighter Miami-based type songs. And his mm-hmm. his main delivery seems to switch between this sort of mumbly rap that sounds like a, you know, basically Slick Rick on Mikeville. And then, like... I wish he enunciated better, yeah. Yeah, I think... Well, I will get to that in a second. And like the other way is like is sort of saying quite not. I I do agree that like he's not like a super talented or proficient man. Like you know, not like super technically gifted, and his voice is very soft. And yeah, the enunciation is not really there. But also in a way that like works in his favor because he's just so very charming, and you definitely remember oh, yeah. him because he's he's just like you know, oh yeah, that guy who just you know goes how bizarre. How bizarre! How bizarre! Because I feel like if you know, he if he sounded like even slightly more, it's like the Bismarcky, you know. It's it's a goofy Did you watch voice. the music video for How Bizarre? Yeah, where he's like you know just sort of playing around in front of all the green screens. It's like so '90s, and there's like this green screen thing going on, and he's he kind of mm-hmm. looks like he's checked out, but he kind of looks like he's having fun too. You know, there's like this yeah. cool indifference there. Yeah. He's definitely a nice presence. Like, you know, if they had a, like, you could question, like, if they had someone more gifted, would it be a more, like, respected album? Probably. I will be honest. This is one of the weaker albums that I've presented on the show. But if, like, I think for what it is, it's a very memorable and enjoyable album. Oh, definitely. It comes to him. My favorite track is probably so. How how bizarre! There's the title track, which is obviously a super bop, and lots of fun. Um, and right on is probably my favorite. Um, he he goes through kind of like a bunch of different lyrical modes. There's times when he's like just going on about his homeland, stream of consciousness. There's time when he's um pining after a girl, um, and then there's the times where he's just hanging out and having fun and crafting an anthem and I just the anthemic mode is I think where he's at his best. You know, this song is so catchy. And it's probably my favorite. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's the it's really similar to how bizarre, honestly. Like, you know, they're both the very upbeat, you know, world influenced type songs that are just, you know, sort of like good times partying. But just like that oh do you remember like that hook just i think gives it the edge like i it it's a really great song to me i think i think the moment on it that gives it to me is that yeah if you like how bizarre you'll probably also like right on like they both have very similar appeals i would say 
Yeah, and the, his delivery on both songs is kind of similar. You know, I don't know if you recall, but it, it kind of, the way that he just, like, delivers words on the verses, like, pedal to the metal, shine into the steel, just, I don't know, something about the way he delivers the lines, tosses them off, and also just sort of, like, that idealized partying vibe kind of reminded me of that last track from the Nikki and the Dove album, that Ode to the Dance Floor. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, it's and I would not be surprised. And Nikki and the Dove, they are all about the '90s silliness. So I fully would not be surprised if they like were aware of OMC and took inspiration. Maybe that's just me reaching, but you know, it's a possibility. Yeah, let's see. What other what other tracks did you like on here? Um, you know, the closer. She loves Italian. I thought that one was so funny. I I was grooving to it. Yeah. And it's like the it's like the only rock, like full on rock groove on the album. But I think he nails it. And I think yeah. um, those verses are just so, just the way he delivers the verses are really funny on that as well. Yeah, it's definitely that that random burst of guitar soloing on top of the really hard beat, like really throws you right at the end. It's like, oh, okay, okay. Like, it was absolutely not what I expected at all. She loves yeah. Italian. Yeah, and like the, the verses are all talking about like this very materialistic lady who just, you know, loves expensive things. And then the chorus is just she loves Italian, which if you're not listening carefully, you think, man, she's really into pasta. What's with that? Right. Uh Why yeah. is eating pasta. Well, she did order pasta and a glass of champagne. Uh -oh. Oh, yeah. okay. that, that's not clarified until like the second verse or third <laughs> no the double entendre is already in there yeah oh yeah that was a really nice one i also the opener was really nice to the on the run oh like yeah the, uh, the big surf guitar riff and there are two of them actually and then also i'm doing his little rap about being a fugitive from the law which is a lot you know more concrete and hard-edged than you get on a lot of the album. Like, I think that's that's I, the one that usually gets singled out as He doesn't the quite other... have the... Sorry. He doesn't quite have, like... I don't know. I just He doesn't strike me as someone... But, but he, does, he does come from, like, a slum of... Um... <laughs> so, Otara, is that, like... A, a, is that part of Auckland, or...? Yeah, it's a, it's a suburb of Auckland. Right. There was I, one I, other track from the album where he was talking about like summer nights in Auckland, so I assume he was from there, but yeah. Um He doesn't I, I don't know. I he doesn't quite strike me as someone who is from like the gangster lifestyle, you know what I mean? I, I think he seems like he's be... already What Sorry. was that? Sorry, go ahead. You know, he, I, you know, I believe him when he, like, sells the millionaire fantasy. That's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think part of that might be, like, you know, New Zealand accent. Like, a, you know, that's, like, a, I'm, I'm obviously not too familiar with general New Zealand folks media, but by all accounts, the, the Korg voice from Thor Ragnarok is actually pretty realistic. And, like, I saw one random comedian talking about going to New Zealand and meeting like, you know, big Maori guys, and they just have these little—they have little, they'll have just little voices, very nice accents. So like, 
I guess that might just be a, you know, like, translation across different regions, but I guess it's like, for me, On the Run is, is less about, like, being a hard gangster and just, you know, and selling that he is on the run. And, like, mm -hmm. sort of the franticness. Yeah, I think he sells the being on edge, because he has those little mantras about, if you do the crime, you must enter the time. If you do the crime. Like, just, it was mine just going in all these different places over the beat. That worked for me. Right. Right. It, the, the cyclical aspect of it, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is more of an internalized song. But ten more minutes and he's gone. What songs did you hate? You know, honestly, hmm. It, it was like, I know you mentioned that there was a slower midsection of the album, and I kind of took that bias in with me listening to it. And you know what? I don't really remember, I don't really concretely remember too much of like those middle tracks. You know, I feel like there's a lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot of pining. There's a lot of um, stream of consciousness rapping. Um, just not a ton stood out to me. In like, like, guess like those tracks three through six. Um, I know you said Lingo with the Gringo was your least favorite. Um, and why was that? It was, it was just because the it took so long to do anything. And what it did was so little because it was like gives itself like a minute and a half to just let this kind of boring beat ride, and then you get another minute at the end. I think it's like the longest song on the album, and it's just pretty. Dull. Tried for the hip hop groove, and I don't think he really nailed it. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I thought she was kind of cute, um, but it was def. It that track in particular definitely overstayed its welcome. Yeah. I will say, I, I, I'm, I do apologize for ruining the album by saying Michael Fitz section's terrible. No, that's my fault. I should have gotten into it earlier. Uh, I, will, I will say the midsection grew on me, by which I mean the sections something I thought were just boring and fewer and fewer over repeated lessons. Like, like it came from the whole middle section to, at this point, I think the only ones that were really boring were like, Angel with the Skies, Lingo with the Gringo, and probably Land of Plenty, like, Never Coming Back grew on me a lot, Breaking My Heart grew on me. Poor I'm surprised that Land of Plenty was a single. Um, I didn't like that one quite as much either. It kind of feels mm -hmm. like on some of these tracks he stumbles into a melody and just sort of works with it. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like super thoughtful through on some of those tracks yeah. like when he has yeah. an anthem and he is going hard for it that's where he's at his best yeah. i mean i love how bizarre i love right on um the tracks where he's just sort of like hopelessly pining after a girl is probably my least favorite ones like yeah. angel in disguise or yeah. Pours out your eyes. I was kind of like not super crazy about that one either. I think I did like uh, Never Coming Back particularly with the breakup songs because that one had a strong yeah, chorus. Yeah, that one was it. pretty good. Uh huh. And it, it had like nice laid back beat. Yeah. It's just did you listen sort of... to? Sorry. I was but, gonna say it's just did you listen to? Yeah. 
Did you listen to a, a version of the album that has... So apparently there's a version of the album that has a cover of Randy Newman's I Love L.A., and I thought that was a pretty good one. But again, that's not his original song. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't get a chance to listen to it, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I thought he's, he's good at covering other people's music, and I definitely enjoyed his um, Islander take on it. Breaking My Heart was one that grew on me. He's got kind of the... I think I wrote down that one as my least favorite. Um, it <laughs> yeah, probably was, was, between, was probably between that one and Lingo with the Gringo, but I actually remembered Lingo with the Gringo, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, it's forgettable. Yeah. It's like a, another song, another one of those songs where he just like sort of stumbles into a melody. Well, that one had, I feel like that one had more, I didn't notice at first, or remember until, like, I really checked it, but, like, it has a little bit more of a story with, like, him talking about some guy who's, you know, between, like, his girl with him, and then he just made a bunch of dumb life choices, and just sort of talking about how this guy is kind of sad. It was, like, it was, its tone was... Regretful enough to not just be irritating. Also, I just like the beat because it has like the nice twangy guitar and it has the little saxophone bit in there. Like that was fun. I mean, it's a nice um, accompaniment to tell off your friend and give him the business too. I think. <laughs> Get your life together, man. I know, right? But you know, in an islander way, we're laid back here. I might. I think you might want to, you know, go get some self Freud's help. Italian. <laughs> Listen to this new song I made. I don't. I think it's going to be a very big marketing push. The natural wonders of <laughs> New Zealand's landscape. I came to land oh my god! Ah, <laughs> man. Yeah, I just. This is definitely a different kind of record. I I, I yeah. hadn't really heard of OMC before this, um, but I did recognize how bizarre, at least. I I will admit, like I said before, I think this is one of the. It's a, it's honestly kind of lightweight compared to a lot of the albums that I've been on the show. Like you know, it's a very much a one hit wonder album. You know where after the first. They put the album, you know, the big hit right at the beginning, and a lot of the songs are kind of either not that memorable or trying very hard to imitate the main song. But overall, still, I think it's an enjoyable, casual listen. It's got some, like, you know, little hinges. What there. would have become of him if he had not gotten stuck for, like, a long time and had come out with a sophomore album? Yeah. I don't think he particularly wanted to, you know, like, Probably didn't even want to go for that kind of career, you know. Yeah. People get out of the music industry f for all kinds of reasons, and you know. But he had his moment in the spotlight, and I think that's cool. Yeah. I tried, I tried to look into the, like, some more of... I didn't get time to go fully, but, like, I did look up at least one of the other sort of urban Pacifica songs that was apparently a hit called In the Neighborhood. 
And that one I didn't particularly enjoy, but make it, you know, more into maybe look around at New Zealand hip hop and see if there's anyone else making jams. And you know, just generally, you know, there's a lot of fun music out there. And I think OMC did its part to inspire my little claps. Sure. I mean, if nothing else, he brought awareness to the fact that yeah. there is a there's a hip hop scene in New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, is there though, or is he kind of a more of a one off act? Well, I mean, there was the there was the whole like all stuff with his brother Phil. Like there was, you know, sort of the rap blend going on down there. But yeah, there there hasn't been a whole lot of crossover since. Sure. Well, it exists. He paved the way for Lord. <laughs> completely revolutionized the music industry. That's that's going to Absolutely. be Absolutely. I mean, he was before Lord. We had at least one famous New Zealander. New Ze New Zealand and Orange County. They they get by with a few cultural exports every decade. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, that's about all I had. Yeah. Well, that's about all the time we have for today, folks. Uh, the album that we listened to was How Bizarre by OMC, and go be sure to make sure to listen to part one, where we talked about Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. Uh, I'm Caleb Clark. And I'm Eric Rigg. Thanks for listening to the Billy Shears Club. <laughs>